Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 41 for the 3rd of May, 2007. Hi Ian, we almost made it on the couch today, except someone stole our couch. <laughs> Indeed, there was no couch in the room, so we are couchless today. Couchless, we are episode just... Episode 41. 41, episode 41, on the couch podcast, which is bringing you what? Entertainment, technology news. Yeah, from a number of categories, which we try and cover every week. We've got UK news, international news, content delivery, IPTV, mobile, gaming, and other cool stuff that we've stumbled Indeed. across. So, uh, Ian, um, action-packed news. Um, what's going on in the UK? Well, the big thing that's, is that Sky has released their results. and B Sky B, this is satellite operator in the UK. That's right, the biggest one. And they reckon they've now got about 8.5 million customers. Yeah, which isn't a massive increase, is it? No, but what their strategy has been to actually get rid of the customers that uh, are not getting them a lot of cash. Right, okay. Uh, because for every, for every given customer, uh, they expect a certain number of calls into the call centre. Right. And if they're not actually uh, contributing... Uh, up there in the average revenue per user, then their strategy has been trying to get rid of them and encourage more customers to join who are going to spend more money. Go for the quad play and the triple play and exactly. all this stuff. Actually, they only have a triple play, isn't it? They do telephony and broadband as well. So That's right. That's been pretty successful. I think there was quite a lot of word on the street that they were going to have a bad time, high churn and, mm, and low, churn low additions. Up, but but um, mm. uh, the average revenue per user is up from... £394 last quarter to mm. £406 per year. Normally, it's the average, average revenue per user, per user is given as a monthly figure. Here, they're given it as a yearly figure. Yeah. But still, it's up, which is good. Good for them, yeah. And the share price certainly, I think, responded pretty well today mm. uh, from what I, what I saw. Uh, lots of HD penetration as well. Now, a quarter of a million, I think. Yeah. It's going pretty well. 24,000. 25% of people with PVRs. That's a pretty big increase from... 25% of homes, yeah, which zero. is... Uh, which is not bad, not bad, and uh, very interesting there. Um, BBC, the national broadcaster in the UK, mm-hmm. has um, made a commitment to launch their iPlayer service, which will be Windows only at launch, but they've kind yeah. of... Yeah, now what's the story there? Isn't the BBC meant to be a you know, universally available, you know, friendly to everybody, all platforms? Yeah, well, I did send in my thing being a Mac user saying, hey, you know, this isn't on. Um, there was a call to arms from the Mac community, both of us, um, and I think we both sent an email in. Uh, and they did—they have actually made a commitment to review every six months uh, about when they'll go on other platforms. So right. that's good. And I also just heard today that uh, the cable company in the UK, of which there is more than one, but the largest one, Virgin Media, has uh, struck a deal with BBC to carry their content, which essentially is kind of catch-up TV content where you mm. can watch for up to thirty days mm. afterwards. So that's um, great. I mean, they had uh, when they proposed this in the first instance, they had. 10,000 comments come in on the website. So that's... Yeah, that's at least 10,000 Mac users then. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so the the, uh, the UK population are, are fairly passionate about uh, their BBC and being able to yeah. view their content on presumably a more flexible way than just Windows Media. Yeah, I was wondering, but you know, we talked last week about this Silverlight thing. I've, mm. I've had a little look at that uh, briefly this week. Um, and it's supposed to be cross-platform and integrating with Windows Media Player. So does that mean the uh, DRM is actually coming to the Mac then? Well, you you can always already get Windows Media Player on the Mac. Oh, you can. Um, okay, but not Windows Media Player eleven or right, you know, whichever which the latest the one right is. It sort of lags. Um, but Silverlight might offer a, a window for the iPlayer to go through there. Um, potentially, mm-hmm. if it takes off, that is. Um, so, why do you reckon they're actually using DRM? I mean, the BBC—it's a f- bunch well, it's, of freeware channels. 
because they have to protect the the content rights owners, I guess, and uh-huh. GOIP. The mandate is only for people who pay the license fee who uh, are in, so it's the in the UK. So, right. um, you know, that's you shouldn't. It's got to expire, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and only if you're in the UK. So maybe that's that's the way of doing it. I think, as I said before, they should whack it on iTunes. There's Indeed, and just be done with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, iTunes, but then iTunes stuff doesn't expire, does it? Either that's the thing. True. Uh, I haven't True. seen. I don't know if that's that. if Apple's Fair Play is capable of doing that sort of thing. I would have thought so. Yeah. Well, we don't know. I mean, but it would that's seem kind of obvious if they did a deal with them. I mean, if they could make stuff expire within the thirty-day window. Yeah. Yes. The B- I mean, the BBC. Uh, you know, they're always trying to do the right thing. Mm. It's interesting. I was at the pub last night chatting right. to someone who worked in the BBC regulatory area, and they actually have. Uh, and the government then, presumably. No, no the oh, BBC right. has a regulatory okay. group that makes tries to make sure that they're adhering to all the regulations yeah, they have yeah. to adhere to. And um, you know, they, they've got uh, so many years before they actually become a commercial entity. Yeah, which isn't that long, is it? It's only if you don't want to kill their DVD sales. Exactly. So at the moment, you know, they, for all those other things, they actually get a lot of money in yeah. uh, to pay for all the... I mean, they get a lot of money from us as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so they um, presumably for the DRM's there because they want to actually be able to... Um, provide some services in the UK, but they actually make money, a lot of money from the World Service mm. elsewhere. So BBC and Prime and other channels they've got overseas. Absolutely, and they sell the BBC yeah. content to people like the ABC in Australia. So yeah. there's still a lot of money to be made if they can actually keep their content secure. Yeah. Um, internationally, um, there's been quite a lot of news about India in the, mm-hmm. um, in the press. Uh, I think mainly kind of saying that the, the Indian pay TV market is really going pretty well at the moment uh, the number of satellite subscribers for pay tv in india is about to eclipse japan so it'll be a larger market i think financially it's clearly a lot lower than japan mm. but the predictions are in the next you know five years or so we're going to see um the pay tv market in india worth more than japan um which is is bringing it up there with the big boys uh also not without its problems i suppose there's still a lot of spats i think it was a, an article um, you dug up about the last mile cable operators in mm. India uh, fleecing the MSOs, and this is a, a bizarre situation <laughs> in India where um, the, the the major service operators ha- rely on sub operators to collect the money, and those yes. sub operators they've essentially bought them, but they've been under declaring how many subscribers they've got and only passing mm-hmm. a little bit of the money up with the introduction and mandatory introduction of conditional access. Yep. Uh, they've then been essentially kind of cut out of the loop, mm. but they're still collecting money. And the the um, clearly there needs to be a subsidy for the set-top box if that's appropriate and provision of the services. So it's uh, still not particularly clear. And I guess while there's confusion on the cable sector, the DTH guys are being able to sort of clean up to some extent. So mm. that's fact, working pretty well. The has been doing very well there. And I guess they've, they've got a comprehensive lineup and they've got a clear... Yeah, everyone has to carry the same stuff as well. There's, there's no. Yes. The only way you can differentiate, I think, is on customer service. The price is pretty fixed, so um, for the basic package, you can differentiate on. Yeah, you can buy more, but you can't. Content, yeah. you, other one party can't offer programs. The other one, you know, they've got to have equal access to it. So, and equally, the domestic operator is providing services there as well. Dordashan, which is like the BBC but in India, is providing a, a free satellite service. And in fact, in the UK as well, they approved the FreeSat service which was uh, the BBC and ITV are going to offer. I think, as far as I knew, it was already up and running anyway. It was it just was, had yeah. regulatory approval. I don't know. Right, as a, as a, a <laughs> Probably it means with regulatory approval, as we talked earlier on, your buddy down mm-hmm. the pub, means that they can use some of the licence fee payers' money to do it. Ah, actually, Without yeah. regulatory approval, it's just a, a commercial venture, I suppose. Yes. Which, so, anyway, 
interesting. Uh, what's going on in uh, the world of content delivery? Well, we've got a few things there. Um, we've got an article about Scientific Atlanta, who are yeah. sewn up a couple of couple of big markets there. Basically, Scientific Atlanta and Motorola is like a. That's it. Could like I say a, duopoly? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's either one or the other. <laughs> um, and to be fair, the uh, for all the uh, CA and middleware and other vendors that have always tried to get into the states. Uh, Scientific Atlanta and Motorola allegedly do a very good job in terms of trying to keep the broadcasters happy. The cap on innovation. That's right. (laughs) Um, So the article here is about Scientific Atlanta purchasing a uh, a PVR license from Command Audio. Um, I've never heard of Command Audio. What do they do? I think they're they're a privately held company that counts Motorola and Texas Instruments among its investors. Um, But essentially, I think it holds lots of patents for technology that's used in stuff like uh, TiVo's boxes, satellite radio boxes, and so on. So maybe Motorola was putting the thumb screws on Scientific Atlanta and saying, "Look, you know, we're <laughs> going to chase you because I can't believe Command on. Audio is going to chase them on the audio, on the the patent side." But they they claim to have how many patents on PVRs and stuff? Or it's I guess it's audio related, right? About I expect so. Yeah, because they're involved in the radio side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, our license agreement with Scientific Atlanta further reinforces the strength and value of our patent. Uh, so this is the. Uh, CEO and co-founder Don Bogue. Was it Bogey or Bogue? B-O-G-U-E. Bogue will do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer Bogue myself. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's, that's so uh, interesting, US really. US and foreign patents. 60 US and foreign patents. Mm. So, I mean, this is the whole thing about the PVR. I think everyone claims to have patents about various bits around mm. it. And, you know, I guess when they get successful, Sky, we talked earlier on, 25% penetration. The US, I don't know what the figure is in the US. I guess it's lower but I don't know but then uh, TiVo hold a bunch of patents as well yeah uh, and the time warp patent that's the, <laughs> that's the one they, they were pinging around with Echo Star weren't they about uh, well, I, I was reading this morning that uh, quite a few of the patents uh, the patent situation might have changed in the US slightly mm-hmm. now uh, where they're trying to weed out the obvious patents <laughs> the crazy obvious ones because the patent office says they're a bit uh, taking ages to process patents I here in the US because there's so many people patenting Breathing, Everything. breathing for organic <laughs> life forms and things I'm like this. That, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's if a you're bit, breathing. <laughs> I want the money, and I guess that's probably. I mean, presumably, this is a manufacturer, a, a patent guy licensing a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. In the TiVo case, it's someone who is who offers a service, not necessarily a product, with mm. someone who's using it. So there's different. But you can actually sort get of TiVo on Directv as well as just on yeah, free uh, stuff. Indeed, you can. So you can get these things, but it's. Uh, Command Audio isn't licensing an operator; they're licensing a manufacturer, mm, which right. seems a bit—it's a different space. Maybe it's mm. a whether it's a technology process, uh, technology patent, uh, or whether it's a specific uh, or process-related patent. Anyway, very interesting world—the patent world—and neither of us profess to be patent lawyers, so Correct. we should move on. <laughs> um, right. Another content story, which I, I look—I quite like the uh, the social news website Dig, uh, digg dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a bit of a kind of community revolt uh, happening well, this week. I thought their community was a bit revolting. Yeah, uh, but very vocal. Um, we've talked in the last few episodes a little bit about these hacks and cracks that have been going on with Blu-ray and HD DVD. Now, yeah. someone posted the allegedly one of these um, seed keys or one of the master keys for HD DVD right. on Dig, um, and it was heavily dug. Uh, <laughs> when dig, so this is where you say people say this is good for particular you know, stories, we right? like this Give it, uh, they took it down the users complained 
um, mm-hmm. because typically the users themselves are the only people who can bury stories. So they could it burying or digging. All right, because so it's, it's meant to be like community driven. Yeah, community driven. So people kept on putting it up, and everyone kept digging it. And eventually, uh, the founder Kevin Rose said, "Look." Um, we we can't they couldn't bury the story they couldn't take it off fast enough and so they just mm. gave up and said look initially we were following instructions but we just said look it's a user site we've he pledged to make it a user make recommendations and he said look if this brings the company down we can't say we didn't try uh, mm. but you know the nature of the site means that essentially they lost control mm, which is interesting because um, uh, you know the the people that are actually running the actual site are not in control anymore of the very thing that they've created mm. Frankenstein. <laughs> I can see it there. So, uh, the, what does it mean for the... Uh, the well, I don't know. There was no real details. Thing. It was just a, you know, a 64-bit hexadecimal key. <laughs> so what? I mean, there wasn't anything about how, what you needed to do with it, but I guess you know, that will that will. I mean, come. I guess that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, when the whole... Uh, the algorithm for the DVD encryption was... Uh, posted on everyone's t-shirts and websites and well the algorithm stuff. isn't always the key to unlock the algorithm isn't it so yeah, it's but the key algorithm management. is public you yeah, see it's public With algorithm ACS, exactly. you can download Tri- the stuff and the triple des I guess it is something like that so you just no, need the no, key no. and then once you got the key the master key is a hierarchical chain of keys that okay. unlocks the oh, other they keys got the master key I mean this is the thing well they, it could be bogus as well this is the <laughs> well you know I think yeah, I think. Um, Mind you, if you post it on Dig, if you your credentials will get shot, you'll lose your <laughs> karma points or whatever. Oh, if right. you if you put bogus information up, if it gets if it gets. Uh, I think um, pulled, I think uh, AACS is done just quietly. So IPTV, better news on that from one of the guys we've talked about in the past in France. Indeed, about the uh, Club Internet, uh-huh. which is part of T Online France, which is part of the Deutsche Telekom Group, uh, is using Microsoft TV. And they've done a, a recent study of around 2,000 subscribers in France to find out what their attitudes are towards uh, television and TV consumption. And what they've found is that IPTV uh, has increased their viewing of television, has increased the amount of television they watch, and uh, made it less passive than traditional TV. And what I was interested in here mm-hmm. is, is it IPTV? Is it ATV? What What is it about? I mean, they're saying it's IPTV, but what is the... the the thing that is making these customers allegedly more happy. I think Microsoft's PR engine. I see the quotes there from Microsoft. <laughs> it's clearly, who commissioned the study? It was Microsoft to say right. it's really good and right. everyone's loving it. And it's a free computer. And can you say And you don't nice see the questions, what they were asked. I mean, it, it's a survey which has been carried out. Mm-hmm. So you never, and if it's been commissioned by Microsoft, I'm always a bit dubious, but they've said, yeah, people find watching TV more utility, utilitarian. I think there's a reference there to upgrading. Mm-hmm. Um, more people are upgrading from basic because there is some, uh, IPTV for me, when I've used it in the past, has been kind of self-provisioning. If you want to watch something, okay, you can just say yes. Because the and the quick response and if you yeah, want and you just say you can just subscribe. Right, okay. yeah, although I know that's possible to do in one-way systems as well with sort of delayed callback. You can still instantly subscribe. There's just mm-hmm. a, a fulfillment mechanism that needs to go on. Um, and I've seen some of the services there where you can see, again, what everyone else is watching and you can do like an Lemming TV and you can jump <laughs> on and say, oh, that's good, I'll watch that. So maybe people are just finding it's more u- utilitarian. But they are saying that... Uh, is there a lot of VOD in France at the moment? I don't believe there's been any VOD before now. VOD so so people have now okay, have so access to VOD. Yeah. Right, okay. so, they're saying almost half of those polled have subscribed to additional TV channels and packages since they used IPTV compared with only a quarter 
that chose paid for content from a previous TV service. So they're saying that the interactive quality of IPTV is giving them something more than a traditional yeah. TV service. Whether that's just buying a movie or something like that. So. I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, that seems like a relatively high upgrade or buy rate conversion mm. rate, I suppose. So that's, mm. that's a good thing. And I guess anything that makes it easier for people to watch TV must be good. Um, so let's, let's keep watching. Let's see if Microsoft come out with other, any other cases. 92% of those people polled continue to watch on their televisions. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, anyway. And the <laughs> I wonder what the, the other 8% were doing. Um, the other bit of IPTV news, we talked last week about a company called Aggregator.tv. Um, mm, very exciting. Very exciting. It sounded great. That we're talking about Russian TV and mm. rail TV. I was, and, I was, I was up uh, there. I think they, they and unfortunately, the news this week is they've gone into receivership. They, they've, okay. One of their uh, funders pulled out, and uh, right. they've, they've gone to the wall, and they've been liquidated. Um, so... Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, did sound like quite an interesting model, uh, but uh, there you go. <laughs> bye bye, aggregated TV. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Long live the long tail. Uh, <laughs> but um, not on aggregated TV. So keep uh, watch that space. Hopefully, uh, this doesn't mean on the couch podcast is the kiss of death. <laughs> That's right. If you're mentioned on these on here, the following week, watch out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we shall see. Um, mobile news. I did see a snippet about. Orange, this is the French, uh, I guess, multinational uh, mm-hmm. GSM and 3G operator uh, looking to do something with uh, user-generated content and try and put a kind of channel up again okay. on the, the video side. I guess it's logical for mobile TV to jump on the user-generated content, especially as a lot of it might be shot on mobile phones and things like that. Definitely. Um, there's also been uh, more talk about the iPhone as the launch date is you know, getting closer, I suppose. Where are we um, now? About what a um, month and a bit away. Month and a bit away. Uh, well, probably two months. Um, and Steve Ballmer's been dissing the iPhone, saying <laughs> yeah, it'll never work. Windows Mobile six percent market share, we will win. Um, <laughs> uh, but apparently, there's been something like five percent of people, and there's been leakage of contracts for Singular already. People really? asking questions at the call centres about, well, I'm waiting for an iPhone. What do I do with my contract? I've got a month to go, and they let people extend on the current contract. And wow. so there's clearly a lot of demand. Um, so it it could be wildly successful. So. Watch the space. I'm saving up for mine. <laughs> so the question is, once I mean, once you have an iPhone, does that count as an iPod? I mean, there's 100 million iPods out there. Uh, well, it clearly does iPod does stuff, iPod doesn't, it? Yeah, stuff yeah. doesn't it? And I think I spoke to another guy uh, in the industry this week, and he was saying he was quite excited because it's got a proper browser on it. Uh, yeah, so it has a Safari browser up to on it, now on mobile phones, browsing the web has been pretty mm-hmm. dull. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a nice big screen. It's got more yeah, pixels on that screen exactly. than I've seen on any other mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think uh, before iPhone, I think Apple have been licensing the Safari browser source to Nokia and others. They've, they've like oh, an open right, source right, browser okay. for mobile devices. So right. it's uh, it's not a new foray there. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And so uh, let us see. Um, Sony. Lots of stories about Sony and gaming. Um, yeah. Um, now, the... <laughs> I'm just laughing because I don't quite know how to introduce a story where <laughs> it has Sonny and Pulling dead goats in the same sentence. <laughs> Pulling, apparently you had to eat what the gut. You had to stick your hand there. inside the goat's head and pull out its guts and eat them. And there was a competition so you could eat the most guts. But the guts themselves were, in fact, uh, candy things or something. Right. Now, why were they <laughs> doing goat action? What's the story there? Uh, I think this is a launch party for God of War 2. 
Right. On I don't know whether it's PlayStation Three or I'm not really sure anything about this at all, other than Sony gets PR for severing a goat's head and letting people (laughs) dress up. And there was also nudity involved as well, apparently. Sounded like a fantastic party. I mean, (laughs) we we don't get the right (laughs) invites exactly. Exactly. Uh, So if you are from Sony and you're inviting us to your next party, it's please let us know feedback at (laughs) onthecouchpodcast.com. Just send us the invitations. That'd be great. So video multi party in Athens. Oh right, of course. There you go. Uh, so maybe that's de rigueur in Athens. If you've got a party, you're supposed to have a dead goat. Apparently. I don't know. Maybe our Greek listeners can let us know if that's normal. Mm. Um, so what what they did is they were just launching the game and they had lots of fun and frolics. and Okay. Theoretic, the, uh, theme, theme, thematic party. <laughs> theatrical dramatization with a Greek mythological theme. Goat go. provided to the production company by a local butcher was part of the set dressing, the company said. Yes. Well... So it wasn't a kind of an Aussie Osborne goat murdering live on stage or anything like that. <laughs> Apparently not. Not that Aussie does that with goats, I should say. Yeah. Um, so that's that's uh, interesting. I mean, I think this is quite interesting. I, I spoke to a buddy of mine in the game industry who was talking about the differences. Like Sony does this. Nintendo, meanwhile, does kind of cutie, anime, cartoony little doggies and things like this. Yes. Nintendo have a very kind of family lifestyle oriented game approach whereas yes. Sony is clearly far more visceral literally I think in the uh, in its approach to, to gaming and just goes for a sort of hardcore approach so absolutely um, I mean but it's PR I suppose at the end of the day got, it's like, got massive PR well, I'm interested in the game <laughs> are you yeah. <laughs> I mean do you get to kill goats in the game that's the question sacrifice them probably if it's about gods ah, okay. of war probably that's maybe what you, it's about god of war would presumably involve some sacrificing yeah and topless women I think they were in there as well definitely but uh, anyway, That's moving on. Um, there was also some news from Sony about launch of two camera products mm-hmm. uh, for the PSP, which yep. I must mind's gathering dust somewhere. Must dust Indeed. it off now. So look at it somewhere. And what, what is the point of this? Tell me why I need a camera on my PSP. PSP. Well, it might be. A, I don't know how good the camera is, but they're alleging you can then use your PSP as a camera. Right. If you're carrying it around, it's I guess. You can take photo- photos with it. I guess it's only going to be a couple of med- megapixels at most, but I don't know. Well, it can take video of 640 by 480 at 60 frames per second. I think you're talking about the other one for the PS3 they're in. The, oh, really? The PS3i. <laughs> yes, moving on. The PS3i is a different beast. Um, okay. This is uh, quite an interesting approach where basically it's a USB 2 camera uh-huh. or the PS3 which has got a built in directional microphone mm-hmm. um, and right. it can it's, it's aiming and the only demo I think they did was at uh, GDC last year where they showed uh, image recognition of, of cards that came with the game and you put them over the camera and then it it, right. wow. it superimposes the card with some 3D graphics on the screen mm-hmm. and mixes them up but they're doing things I think the, the audio processing is quite cool so as you're probably aware the PS3 doesn't ship with a headset Right, but the I think the Xbox 360 does. Okay. So the this PS3i enables you to speak to games, and they've got uh, using a few of those cell processors, um, basically filtering out the game noise, so you can essentially just talk to oh, the. Despite the fact that you've got stuff in the room That's going cool. on in the background, so That's it filters cool. that out allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got directional microphones, so it can then pick out individual voices, so you can have conversations. Wow. 
and the image processing allows you to do kind of minority report style gesture-based oh. interfaces. I mean, it's got some massively yeah. powerful processes in the box. It'd be very exactly. cool to do. And, and the other thing about it is it's been optimized for low light because often essentially in just with the super low light, stick it down the middle, but mm. it, it'll work things out allegedly. Obviously, it ships, I think, with some some utilities or something, but waiting. To see. There was cool. no date given when it was coming out. Yeah, they just announced okay. it, but it looks pretty cool. It is, as you said, it does VGA at 60 frames per second or something. Yeah, and that's, then, that's impressive. And then half VGA resolution and 120 at 120, which apparently is better for these interface things when you're moving yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, It gives, you, gives them cool more frames to interpolate and extrapolate as to what you're actually doing. I mean, so. I only ever saw the iToy, which is the, the equivalent thing for the PS2, Yeah, at a friend's place, and he had his kids playing with it. And the interface was quite cool because you stand... You know, in your lounge room, and you wave your arms about, yeah. uh, in and actually interact with it by you know putting your arms in particular places, and it knows what you're doing, and you kind of move your yeah. waggle your hands to sort of actually select things and stuff. If you actually had the PS3 behind that, yeah, I mean the only demo, cool the classic stuff. one, was before the launch of the PS3, where they were showing uh, moving uh, ver- cups That's and pouring right. that water was, that between cups. That was the original kind of PS3 yeah. demonstration, exactly. So that was an initial yeah. kind of this is what you could do with image recognition, and so it would know where the cups oh. were and do the physics at the same and time. They had their Blu-ray problems. Yeah. So I guess it's more. No denying, cool technology, but it's the gameplay that's going to be important. Mm. And if it doesn't mm. add or change the gameplay, mm. what's it really? Exactly. What's gonna, the point? What's What's the point other than? Oh, that's pretty exciting. You know, and maybe the video editing side, but. You can't even put your name in without user generated content. Well, you can see it going on there, you know. <laughs> Mapping I mean I think the Xbox three, my game. the mm. Xbox three sixty has a camera as well, but I think the only uh, thing I've heard about that is mapping your face onto characters. So you can you can <laughs> so do you, can kill you basically do a mugshot, I think a front shot and a side <laughs> right. shot, and then you can put your face onto oh, your right, bad cool. guy in, you right. know, Gods of War Seven or something, you know. <laughs> um cool. so that works there. Okay, uh, so cameras on Game consoles, very cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure I'll get one. PSP. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to bother, but if it's what a gift, you do with that. That's just silly. You take, Actually, I think, a, take photos, and you can edit little videos and stuff, so you could do something. Uh, but there, there was an interesting article this week that basically has a has a big go at Sony for saying you've got this beautiful, absolutely gorgeous game portable gaming um, device in the PSP. Why haven't you done something better with it? Yeah, and yeah. you know, I got to say. You have it is a great device. It you know works really well. It's got a beautiful screen, mm. powerful graphics. But it just you know like like my PSP sitting at home doing nothing and you know yeah. Maybe you're waiting for the pink one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> or something. The new one they're coming out with allegedly. Um, but I think it's the games that count at the end of the day. Isn't exactly. It? It's all about the content. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, crazy article here we have from BT. Uh, and this is BT, I presume, as in British Telecom. British Telecom. Yeah, this uh, is motion sensing in laptops. Now I know, you know, Apple fanboy they am. They've had a motion sensor in in Apple laptops now for quite a while, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure I've seen something similar to this, which is where they're saying you can. It was talking about accessibility and disability, where you could use, I guess, instead of having the mouse, you just tilt the the mm. laptop and stuff, and the cursor mm. would move around depending on which way you tilted it. I'm sure I've seen some kind of hack for that on a MacBook. Oh, you can, well, you can actually do it on a Mac. Yeah, because the Mac yeah. has this thing where the idea being if you drop the laptop, it parks the disk, it knows it's been dropped. Right. Which, I mean, my IBM at work's got one as well, where if you shake it around, it parks the disk. Right. Um, all this kind of stuff. So this seems to just suggest using accelerometers a la, you know, Wii-style, haptic remote style that you mm. could quite well you want to move your entire device around, I'm not sure. 
But well, uh, you'd have to move the whole screen, wouldn't you? The whole <laughs> the whole sh- shebang. Um, um, so, so the quote here is from BT researcher Dave Chatting, uh, and has been championed by Adam Oliver, head of age and disability research at BT. So that'd be quite interesting. So to they're see. they're plugging an extra thing into USB, aren't they? And then they're yeah. using that to uh, an accelerometer chip, similar to that found in the Wii console. Right. So Oliver likened BT Balance, which is the product they're talking about here, to the Etch a Sketch toy. It's getting the language of tilt, he said. <laughs> Just sketch. Mm. But I think what's important here mm. is that um, as, as time goes on, we'll be expecting more from our devices, not just that we press buttons with them, but we interact with them physically. Mm. Which, again, five years ago, you never imagined that everything would be a physical movement. Indeed, thing, indeed. But, um, I had an amazing Wii weekend, actually, with some buddies. Oh, that that's came right. Over. You have a weekend uh, playing... Smooth moves. <laughs> oh, how'd you go? Did you like it? Got a few moves. The CEO move. The CEO move. <laughs> Just I haven't got up to that one. No, there's lots of... See, what was the, the CEO move? Um, the mortar and pestle. Really? The champagne cork. Wow. Oh, no, the champagne. Yeah, mortar and pestle, I think, where you've got you to shake it and then you cover uh-huh. the camera up ah, and right. all sorts of bizarre things. But it was most hilarious, I must say. Fun. Get smooth moving. Um, okay, uh, what else is up in? Are we about kind of done? I think we're about done. <laughs> Until the news of next week approaches us like a steam train down the tracks of innovation. Indeed. It's very poetic, James. Indeed, thank you. Uh, okay, so that about brings us to close on episode 41. Um, Indeed. Send us your notes, comments, feedback, news. Love to hear about everything that's happening. So if you can send it to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com, that would be great. And if you like us, do pop us a quick re- review down there on iTunes. That'd be great to see. And if you don't like us, send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, thanks very much. And it's goodbye for me, James. And it's goodbye for me. And cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>